Hello, and a very big welcome to the show, The Fine Line, with your host, Dr. Andrew Culbard. I'm a cosmetic dentist consulting in the UK and Dubai, and founder of Medical Aesthetics Training Institution Facial Aesthetic Courses. In this podcast, you will hear from industry experts and professionals discussing all things aesthetics, health and lifestyle, and self-development. In the first series, we will be interviewing budding business individuals and entrepreneurs. We're looking to motivate and inspire by talking to relatable, real, everyday people who have exceeded in their industry, discussing their journey while uncovering their successful habits and mindset, giving you a story that you can relate to. Episode one, Dr. Lauren Evans, journey of a mother, medical doctor, entrepreneur, and network marketing rising star. Lauren is a graduate of the medical school at the University of Glasgow. She originally trained to be a GP, but has since become a dermatology specialty doctor, supporting this with a dermatology diploma from the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons in Glasgow. On a quest to be a great mother and support her family, Lauren wanted extra financial security and so established a lifestyle business in partnership with Arbonne. She's one of the company's rising stars and is also a trainer for facial aesthetic courses in Glasgow. Please welcome Lauren to the show. So, Lauren, thank you very much for joining me today on today's podcast. Thanks for having me. How's lockdown been for you so far? It's flown by. It's flown by. Like, obviously, it's come with its challenges. I have two young kids, um, so trying to still run businesses around the kids, it presents challenges, but actually, I've loved it. There's some yeah. bits where I'm like, I don't want it to end. So You're well acclimatized to that anyway, aren't you? Like dealing with the kids along with business life yeah. and work life. So Mixing it all. Especially, I think it's what, great. What about the husband? Has he been home more often or yes. helping out so more? He works in hospitality and obviously that's been affected a little bit. Well, a lot. Uh-huh. So he's just been creative, getting creative and adapting, which I just admire. So adapting and he's just launching something today, his own other business. So Amazing. Yeah. Taking the most of having the time to work on things, I think. Well, it's, yeah, and being solution focused. It's finding there's always going to be a need somewhere. Yep. Even if the first need has gone away, there'll be a need somewhere else. So exactly. it's, it's looking for that and finding it. Finding the opportunities, it, yeah, definitely. So you and I first met 2017, something like that? 16, I think, because I just had it? my first first daughter. Yeah, and then because it was before I fell pregnant with my second. And that was at a property hub meeting, which you were yes. with, actually. Yes, I remember that now. I've yeah. forgotten that. <laughs> and I think we got chatting not about property, but about the fact that you were a doctor, I was a dentist, about facial aesthetics, obviously. And I think you'd booked yeah. on to a course in Glasgow. You hadn't started doing facial aesthetics yet, but you were booked for a course. Is that right? I think so. Or I'd just done a foundation. Or maybe you'd just done was, your foundation, yeah. 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 So I'd done foundation, no, because I, no, that was it. I had done foundation courses because I did my first uh, aesthetic foundation courses when I was pregnant with my first daughter six years ago. But yeah, so when we met, I was still trying to develop that. And then uh-huh. obviously our lives collided and we ended up working together, doing courses together. And it yeah, was great. So we've dabbled in a bit of business and obviously you yeah. came on to one of our, it wasn't a foundation course, was it? It was one of our advanced courses. I can't, act, I was thinking about this earlier and I can't remember. I just did so many of your courses yeah. close together and then very quickly just kind of became a part of the team, just helping out in the background until, you know, actually becoming a trainer itself. Do you remember anything about the initial courses that you've done and how that compared yes. to, to what you've done away. previously? Yeah. Night and day. So my first experience from my foundation course from a different company was that it was so 
basic. I didn't feel confident actually going out and just start actually practicing. Which is um, a lot of people did, feel, isn't it? So I think we did half a lip and a quarter of a nasolabial fold and that was it. And off you go. And so, you know, I didn't feel I was ready. So I was then going into another course and another course and, and just very, very few models is the main thing. So immediately coming on to your, guy, uh, your courses, I once saw the passion <laughs> <laughs> and two, there's the sheer number of uh, hands-on practical experience, which is so vital. And I just knew I wanted to be part of the team yeah. from that. Yeah. We get, um, obviously, practitioners of all different levels and all different competencies and confidence coming on the course. I specifically remember when you were on the course thinking, well, obviously, you've got this kind of infectious energy and enthusiasm for what you're doing. And then yeah. that coupled with the fact that you were talking well to the patients and everything else, I remember thinking I would really like to get Lauren as part of the team. But that takes time because you only yeah. just started doing the, the treatments. Yeah. So I think, what, a couple of years later, and then we invited yeah. you to come along to be a trainer for us and get involved. In I think I did some things. just background helping out at first, but then I had my second baby. So then that took a little break as well yeah. from that and then yeah. slowly built up. So it's been just over a year and a half or a year of helping out a little bit more on the courses and running some myself. I and love is, it. That, is that you done with the parenting? Yes, no more. No, no more, more kids. <laughs> done that bit that's why we Career had focused. together yeah exactly lifestyle focused and I think you were in your GP training at that time is that right yeah as, as you said before I, I've got a medical background unlike a lot of people in the courses that mostly seem to be dentist focused um I've got medical background I was training to be a GP so all sorts of different specialties I've had experience in but then I had my first daughter or I knew I was going to have my first daughter and I wanted more of a lifestyle or I wanted to be able to actually see her and I realized when I was going to go half time in the NHS they were going to half my pay and I was like well I don't want that thanks so that's currently the driver that drove me into aesthetics and then further down the line I realized I didn't really want to be a GP Um, I'd gotten the should we say entrepreneurial bug (laughs) and uh, really just didn't see myself as a GP so I went into dermatology uh, for the last two years of my NHS career as a specialty doctor and then I left the NHS about six months ago. And that's you completely finished now? Self-employed now yeah. It's such a big step to do that isn't it because so many people would imagine that being a GP being a doctor is that's kind of you made it you've got to where you want to be in life. Successful yeah. Yeah that's successful and of course it is successful in a lot of people's eyes but for you that wasn't the that wasn't the motivation, that wasn't the direction that you wanted to go in with your life. And yeah. Would you say that your career has been more lifestyle driven? I, you've looked at the lifestyle that you want and then you've tried to mold your career into that as opposed to some people who maybe mold their life into and around their career? Yes, is the answer. I Lifestyle is definitely a driver, but I think another word I would use is my values. What I did about five years ago, six years ago, because... I think I was feeling, I mean, life was good, but it wasn't great. And I think, you know, the path I was on, I was like, well, it's successful. It's it's bringing a good income. But I knew that there was other things I wanted in my life, but I couldn't really identify what they were because I've never really sat down to think about it. So what I did is I literally, and I ended up actually Googling the word values. (laughs) 
<laughs> because I couldn't, I, I had to just, I, I don't know, I'm not that creative in that sense. But I found words that resonated with me. And, and it was amazing how a lot of the words were like autonomy. So looking after how I structure my day, yeah. working with international people or being inspired, personal growth, feeling like you need, that you're progressing at something, but you have that control over it and you get to see it forming under you is a real driver for me. I, I just think, I think it's an actual human driver to feel like you're progressing at something. Inspiring others, personal development all these words came up and I looked at my choices in front of me or I looked at what I was spending my diary on and it realized that they weren't taking me closer to that so actually my driver was to get basically do do something every single day that was going to get me one step closer to things on that list three and a half years later I have everything on the list except sunshine we live in Scotland <laughs> Well, to be fair, <laughs> since lockdown, the sun, the weather has been great. Yes, we have been lucky. So maybe I'm But there's never a guarantee, is there? Well, what I used to do was just go day by day by day, surviving today and not really having a focus about where I wanted to go. If, if your question was really, was it lifestyle that drove me or was it business that drove me? I think it's a combination of both, but it was actually the drivers that, and I found out that a lot of things on that list were lifestyle related, I guess. And that based my decisions on, wait, what, what am I doing in my career? What am I doing? with everything else and it just made me say yes to new opportunities as well yeah and go for it it's interesting that you have sunshine on the list because that's probably it sounds something kind of like cliche doesn't it like sunshine holidays yeah. is that sunshine yeah. every day is that from a health point of view or is that just because no sunshine just because it makes you feel so good you know when it's on your skin yeah it's like i am content so you're a summer person not a winter person yes yeah. yes having grown up in switzerland i should be a snow person but no summer it's funny because obviously that was definitely something that was on my list as well and that was partly yeah. what took me to move into Dubai in 2018 mm -hmm. but then when you have it every day in abundance I mean Dubai is sunny all year yeah. round there's heat all year round you don't crave it as much you're not looking to get yeah. into the sun as much and maybe it's because it's almost too hot there in Dubai whereas in Scotland yeah. when the sun comes out it's like it's glorious isn't it um, I think you can have too much of absolutely anything yeah. Yeah, so. no, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, it's in, in moderation. But if anyone who's listening to this is wondering, like, what do I do with my life? I, I want more, but I can't quite know what. I always, always, always advise people to write that list. Because then you can see, look at your diary and be like, am I actually, what am I spending the majority of my time? Is it on things that will feed my ego? Well, if ego's on your list, then great, do it. But for me, it was, I was feeding it on things like GP because oh, that was other people's definition of success. What was number one on the list? What was the driving factor? Was that the kids and having time for them or what was the... Yeah, it was more that feeling of, don't need to worry. It was a feeling yeah. of, I could buy that if I wanted to. That was one of my definitions of success. It wasn't a monetary value. So yeah, yeah I am success driven in that sense. I do like nice things. Uh -huh. We all do. <laughs> so it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a real combination. It wasn't real just, oh, I just want money or I just want more time with my kids, like the maternal side. You know, I am a mother, but actually a lot of my driver was, I'd like to see what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see what I'm capable of. Yeah. So a combination of the two. A big word for me that I like to use is autonomy. Autonomy, obviously, over yeah. your life and having the ability to choose what you're doing day in, day out. Yeah. And like you said, whether that, you're that was my first word that or, I said. Yeah. Yeah. Autonomy. I think just to have that control over what you're doing and, you know, do I want to go to work today? Do you want to have the ability because you work for yourself to take the day off so that you can look after a sick kid or because it's yeah. sunny and you want to sit in your garden? Like these kind of things is really important that lights me, me up just yeah. talking about it lights me up 
<laughs> the thing is, you know, it, it feels like, you know, sometimes we talk about, oh, autonomy, I get to sit in the garden or I get to this. I still enjoy the work too, but it's work for yourself because you know it's giving you more of it. And, and I think anyone who's kind of getting entrepreneurial, you've got to be realistic that it yeah. takes work to do it, to graft for that. But you do more than what most people would do to get the life that most people would love to have, I think. And you said that you had your list. Did you have a, a plan in terms of time? Did you have a five-year plan, a 10-year plan of where you wanted to be? I'm not that organized. No. The list was helpful for helping me make decisions on how I was spending my time in a day. I think so often people are scared to make big leaps or decisions or go entrepreneurial or, or change career path yeah. because they, as if they're gonna, that's where they're going to be for the rest of their life. And you'll know, even in our relationship the last five, six years, we've done lots of different things, yeah. but we've learned from them. I don't think that as failure because we didn't continue them. It's learning them and moving and, and going in, in different direction based on the knowledge you've learned from having done them. So I, I, what the list helped me do is think, well, is that going to help me bring me closer? to having things on that list. So I think that's the best way to describe it. It wasn't really a plan, but it helped me make my decisions if I had a choice of two things I could do. Yeah, I think life has a habit of, you know, throwing things into the equation that you didn't see coming. And you yeah. can have a five-year plan probably when I first graduated as a dentist. In five years' time, I probably seen myself buying into the practice that I first started at, you know, a family practice in the south side of Glasgow. And then before you know it, you're You've got things on the cards like moving abroad, going to Dubai. Yeah. You just don't know what's going to come along in life. And yeah. something as rigid as a five-year, 10-year plan, I suppose it doesn't need to be exactly what you're going to be doing. For some people, a five-year, 10-year plan is like yeah. financial stability or a certain amount of money or something yeah. like that. But I think it's better. That's it. I think it's the rigidity your, I didn't like. Yeah. yeah, because I've gotten everything on my list. But if, I had, if someone had asked me five years ago, how are you going to get that? I never would have predicted it. I got it the way I did. Yeah, yeah. Ever. So it's want, more about the definition. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because yeah, so do. I do a comment. Yeah, people are probably some people are listening to this thinking, okay, how did you leave the NHS? What are you doing? I want to leave the NHS. Or if you're working, I think most people who are listening to this are probably you know are entrepreneurial and things. And I never thought I was before. Just um, before, just before you start that, and you said leaving the NHS. Do you think there would have been a way if you wanted to where you could have kept on? some form of NHS work absolutely. alongside what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. And I did for a long time. I worked one to two days a week. And I might go back. You, you don't, you know, I've always wanted to be a doctor, but just a doctor on, on more of my terms for the passion, not for the pay, shall we say. It was just unfortunate I worked in a department where, the way I put it is, the cool people left and the, le and the people left behind was just, I was, ended up finding I was getting very, very stressed going to work. Uh -huh. the palpitations on the drive to work you know not sleeping the night before and all this sort of stuff and I was like where's that passion that I talked about I was doing this for the passion not for the pay yeah. um and so I was just grateful for the choice to say you know what I'm going to take a break from this because it's not serving me that's kind of what happened it was never my plan so I did leave the NHS um, so was it the, was it the push from the NHS as opposed to the pull of doing something else because yeah, I always for a lot of people yeah. that are listening that are maybe NHS workers, whether they're a nurse or a doctor or whatever, yeah. it's such a big, you know, a lot of people might think about it, but to actually take that step off and say, yeah. you know what, I'm leaving. I don't have any guaranteed income or stability if I leave, but I'm going to do it and see how it works yeah. out. That's a big leap I of guess, faith, isn't it? I mean, for me, I almost felt it was like a divorce because, yeah, but in the sense that it's so entwined with your identity and it's almost having to come into terms with, 
the decisions I made a few years ago to go into the NHS as a doctor and I was so proud and so in love and everything else with it were maybe not the decisions that serve me just now. So really having to come to terms with a very new identity as well. There's a real adjustment period, but also not having the structure <laughs> of going yeah. to work and everything yeah. else. I, I was in my bathroom till four um, most days after I left thinking this is the life, but then feeling quite flat because... I had no structure. So I had to redefine who I was, how to structure my days and everything. So yeah, my driver was never to leave the NHS when I started everything. I guess that wasn't my driver. And so yeah, you, that's a very good point. My driver was to be able to still work in the NHS, not just because I have to, but because I want to. And it just happened to be that eventually I left the NHS, but I, I might go back. I don't know. You know, I went into med school. I loved what, you know, I was excited by it. I, I, I was so proud to be a doctor. I love what I do. But there was always a part of me, I think that was like, could there be more? But I shrunk that down thinking, because every time you kind of voiced, oh, what if we could do more in life or what of this? People would look at me funny. So I kept shrunking it down. And it was almost like I was a grayed out version of myself. Uh-huh. But there was that little inkling inside me going, oh, let's try new things. And I guess I started aesthetics. And my, my first push there was having babies. So I wanted to be able to have that flexibility and work half time without taking a half, you know, half my pay. So that's why I went into aesthetics, but very quickly ended up into the training side because I realized the foundation courses that I'd originally been on from other companies were not quite as extensive as I wanted them to be. And, and, and that's what led me down that path. I love aesthetics, but I still wanted more. <laughs> I think I got the bug. So I, I, I educated myself on finances. I think, you know, when I was learning about business through aesthetics, I thought I'd educate myself about finances. And I, I really just loved what I was learning. And I think I was like, why don't we all learn this at school, business skills, entrepreneurial skills, financial skills. And eventually I, I just learned about social marketing and I just thought it was a genius concept. So I currently also have an online health and wellness business partnering with Arbonne, which is just blown up in the last three and a half years and ultimately the the majority of your income now the Arbonne thing yeah it pays me about three times what my NHS wage was which is that's not average Yeah. yeah so I worked hard for that but I think what I'm so grateful for in terms of aesthetics is it, it gave me the confidence that I could be entrepreneurial yeah. or it gave me the confidence I could do something outside of what was in the box you know the, the the normal box so that was a stepping stone and then when we were business partners as well we had our own clinic that gave me the confidence as well that I could do something that I'd had no idea how to do yeah. at first but we thought let's say yes and then figure it out yeah. learn loads and so it was a whole process it wasn't like I just made a decision to hey you know what let me partner with this company called Arbon. let me go and it was day one I think it was a process of development and growth and then that just compounded it yeah um so yeah I think that's an important almost rule with business or lesson that everyone would probably like to have their own business and it seems like a really big jump to do it yeah quite often your first business is the one that you're going to make the mistakes on you're going to learn the most so almost just taking that leap of faith with something whether it is something like Arbonne or network marketing or whatever it is aesthetics can be that as well you don't have to get it perfect you can make mistakes as long as you're not taking huge risks then make the mistakes in your early early business life and then when it comes to something a bit more meaningful or important down the line then you can kind of get the formula right and I think it's your definition of mistakes you know I I always tell myself it's not a failure it's only a failure if you don't learn something yeah so yeah so I like having a mix as well of different things you know there's the teaching that we do there's the clinic that I have yeah um there's the Arbonne and there was medicine for a little while but that one has gone down a little bit, but I just like having variety. And do you still look forward to when you're taking a course weekend with 
facial aesthetic courses do you still look forward to what, the teaching others teaching? yeah oh, yes well you yeah. know i've got that it's yeah no i know you side. <laughs> for me it's the art of aesthetics and just i you know you should see me when i'm on a course i like crouch in front of someone in the front of the face like can you come here come come look you've got to look right at their face and you're, and you're just assessing the whole face listen to what they're saying i'm very much about the consultation especially i think that's a huge aspect yeah. like that um, can often get overlooked and just really listening to what that person wants and being able to how to explain what you know risks are or what to expect or oh, I get into it you can see me now I'm like yeah <laughs> and it's passing on the enthusiasm to both the patient yes. and also to the person that you're teaching and I think patients really pick up on that they pick up on enthusiasm I actually think that models that come on the courses you know to be a model for injecting they like coming back because they feel that enthusiasm and they, yeah. they understand the amount of detail that's going into the planning of what we're doing Whereas yeah. if it's a private consultation, you don't go through all those steps. So the patient mm -hmm. kind of just goes from consultation to then having the treatment. They don't have all the in-between stuff of explanations. Yeah, they can see so, a bit more behind the scenes of what exactly, might be going yeah, on in the head. Yeah, and then realize yeah. that actually as a practitioner, you're thinking so much that you might not say. Exactly, yeah. So obviously Arbonne is health and well-being and fitness. How yeah. important is health and fitness to successful living, would you say? I mean, you keep oh, absolutely. I just know that when I eat well and when I get my endorphins going with a bit of exercise, I can't exercise huge amounts. I had a car crash three years ago. My back pain flares up as a result of that. And so I've not been able to exercise a few weeks. And I feel the difference, but particularly what you eat, how it affects your gut health and which affects your mood and mindset. And I honestly think the majority of success when you're an entrepreneur is your mindset. Yeah. It's not as any specific skills or it's not, you know, it helps to have skills, but you can develop those. It's literally a mindset of I will make this work or I will figure out a way or I'll be solution focused. Everything else, which I just think you have to fuel yourself the right way in order to do that. Yeah. Um, but it's not just fuel in terms of food. It's fuel in terms of what you're feeding your, your brain with in terms of your books and everything else. So, no, I think, you know, health and wellness includes what you're listening to, who you're surrounding yourself with as well. Because I'll be honest, I know this is off topic slightly, but I hope you're no, kind of But when, I know that when you're delving into ideas of what you want to do when you want to be entrepreneurial, there's always also going to be people in your life who I kind of go, oh, that's silly, or what are you doing, or bring you back down to where you were, either because they're, they're uncomfortable that their definition of you is changing because <laughs> you're yeah. growing, or it's a reflection in their eyes of the fact that they're not kind of growing and so forth but it's so it's so important to fuel yourself with people who are where you want to be because most things that you you do in life or want to do someone's done it before and has probably written a book about it so just find out the, the steps they took and take the steps and keep taking them until you get the same results essentially so fueling yourself and knowing that there's a whole world of people who you know I truly believe that successful people will never belittle you for wanting more so surrounding yourself with that kind of fuel uh, is so important. So feeding your mind is one of the most important things, but to go with that is also how you fuel your gut and have your endorphins from exercise. Absolutely. All ties in. I think a lot of entrepreneurs or people who are very focused on their work life. They don't get the balance right. And what tends to happen is then 10, 20 years down the line, they've neglected their body, they've neglected their mind and their health. And they might have this all singing, all dancing business. They're making lots of money but then they can't rewind the time and the damage yeah. that they've done with their body. And they're fighting so hard to try and become fit and healthier. And if you just get the balance right from the start and you do a little bit of exercise yeah. 
and you get your diet It'll help right. your business too. Yeah, yeah. and you, you'll feel better if you feel better and you look better, you're going to have more confidence. So it's just a yeah. kind of snowball effect, isn't it, of having the right Absolutely. health and fitness in your lifestyle. And I think, you know, that uh, I, well, maybe it's again the, the fuel I give my brain, but actually the way I look at successful people is they have got the right balance yeah. because I listen to podcasts of people who do a combination of both or I read books of all that and I just find get tips on how they did it. Uh-huh. And what about morning routine? This is a kind of hot topic with entrepreneurs, having a morning routine, sticking to something yeah. that you do every day. Do you have something rigid in that sense? Do you wake up and at the same time and do the same things every morning or... It's not rigid, I'll be honest. And I hate saying it out loud because I always believe what you say out loud becomes your affirmation, which becomes your truth. Yeah. But I'm not a morning person. <laughs> so I know when I ever, I've, again, through personal analysis and everything else, I realize when I work my best, and which is afternoons and into evenings. So it's, that's when I put things that I'm going to fuel my mind with or, or, or other things. Or in the morning, it's more family stuff because that's when I just want cuddles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, sometimes I still force myself. Like this morning, I got myself up at 6.15 and I was on a call where it was all about fueling your mind positively. So I, I use variations of something called the miracle morning. It's a book by a guy yeah, called Hal Elrod. It's amazing. Even if you haven't read the book, there's great YouTube summaries of what it is. It's basically yeah. six things that most successful people do in the morning. And it's just about focus. If I do anything, what I do first thing in the morning, you can see I've got a vision board behind me if you're watching the video, is I focus on things like what's on my list. So it keeps me focused for what the long-term stuff is. So again, my decisions throughout the day are based on what's going to help me with that but also I believe in things like the law of attraction if things on the forefront of your mind you're going to create the opportunities to um you still got to work but that there are opportunities if you if you grab them to make that a reality so I do I always do some form of visualization and gratitude focusing on what you're grateful for focusing on all the positives it just makes you more positive and as a result more solution focused throughout the day now I'm human there's days where I just want to have a tantrum yeah. <laughs> uh, it also makes you more attractive I think to other people and has positive effects everywhere so I don't do always meditation I don't always do exercise and, and writing out goals and all these things which are part of the miracle morning but but you still have a routine so it's maybe not a morning yeah. routine but you have almost certain things that you like to do during the day yeah yeah absolutely so yeah affirmations sometimes I do those in the shower I used to think I sounded so weird doing them but literally one of my favorite ones is who can I serve today It just gets me in a really good mindset. And obviously you've got now to a stage where you said that your income is three times what it was on the NHS. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got the family house, everything's going really well. What keeps you going? What gives you drive to then go to the next step and just keep churning on with things? And now I'm at a point where I'm like, money is an amplifier of who you are. And I'd like to think I'm a good person, but I think the more uh, good people have good have money, the more good there is in the world. So I want to start giving back. That's my next driver. Okay. I want to have excess so I can give back. And the other in, thing I in think terms is, of charity or yeah, so yeah, charity or just funding or I, I still haven't defined what it is yet because I'm not at that point yet where I have the extra and it's also the personal challenge. And I think sometimes it should, as a mum, you think, oh, should my challenge, should my motivation always be my kids? But no, I'm going to be very honest. Sometimes it's just, let's see what I can do. Yeah. Um, so it's a driver. But also because of the, the industry that I'm in, I can only elevate by lifting other people up. Yeah. So my other driver is, I have so much gratitude for my life just now. I mean, I sometimes literally just think about it and I'm like, 
wow. I think that's <laughs> wow. a really that's a really important tool and to be able to do that to reflect on your life and have gratitude because it just keeps yeah. you feeling good about what yes. you're doing and you know I think people who are successful or so want far. to be successful are always thinking of the next they're never yeah. satisfied so I think you have to balance the two be grateful for what you have but also have drive for and excitement for where you're going but what I meant by that is I want to keep going because I would I would only elevate further by having more people be able to have the lifestyle I have now so it's about yeah. others yeah so my driver at first was maybe me but now my driver is others and is that those around you, like your family and friends, or is that just... Yeah, a combination. Anyone? So like giving back, as I said, with the, the income I have, but actually having others be able to have the lifestyle I have through if they're working their business as well. Yeah. That's my driver. It was actually one of my New Year's resolutions and not charity, like not, you know, giving to a charity or having a direct debit set up or something like that, but at least doing something once a day for someone else. And it doesn't need to be yeah. a big thing, just some kind of selfless act, whether it's, you know giving a soup to someone on the street that's homeless or whether it's helping someone out with your day that. and taking time out of your day. I think that gives you a sense of, you know, internal good and feeling good for the yeah. world around you and not being too center focused on your own life. Yeah. I mean, acts of service, even if someone else watches an act of service, it increases their serotonin levels. Yeah. So yeah, you increase yours and you increase others around you. And if, if everyone done that, then the world would be a lot better place, wouldn't it? So Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, well, it's been great having you on. That's us hit the 40 minute mark. So, thank you. Any last words of wisdom for someone that maybe wants to take that leap of faith in business or try and do something different with their life, take a different direction? Biggest thing I want to say is just do it. So often people are stuck in inertia because of indecision, but that's almost the same thing. I'd rather you made a decision to do not, not do it. Uh-huh. And actually decide something. So I guess my, my, my tip is decide. <laughs> decide on something. Either decide not to do it and then be at peace with that. Uh-huh. Or decide, hey, let's go and do it. Rather than having that in-betweeny phase where you're like thinking about it. I really want you have a drive, but you're not doing anything. Because that's almost as, uh, the same thing as deciding not to do it. Yeah. Because And then redefining your definition of success and failure. So success doesn't always have to be financial. It's like looking at your value list. But also redefining your, your definition of failure you only like my definition is you only fail if you don't learn a lesson and not having that fear that you might try one thing and it leads you to the next thing and it leads you to the next thing. It's not like you have to be so paralyzed by decision about what you're going to do if you do something entrepreneurial, because it's going to be the only thing you do for the rest of your life. That's normally not the case with people who are entrepreneurial. The one thing leads to the next. So like, like we said, we met at a property investors networking event yeah. that I ran. I don't run that anymore, but it led me to you, which then we'd had business together and so forth. And each time just learning more. So that would be my biggest tip. It's fun. Perfect. Lauren, Thanks, thank Andrew. you so much. Your energy has been amazing as always. And I hope the listeners find it as contagious as I do. Yay. <laughs> okay thanks we've now drawn to the end of today's episode thank you so much for listening and for your ongoing support please don't forget to hit subscribe and leave a review tune in again next time for more inspiration and if you have any questions you can contact me through my website andrewcolbarb.com and via social channels at dr ac 